Geekaholics, welcome, and I guess you could say good afternoon, good morning, whatever time you're listening, let's bring it back, some throwback phrases that you all love, but uh, answer to the trivia question there, what was the original song that was the opening track song for the Deacon and Co. show? It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. High voltage there for you. ACDC alternate current, direct current. Um, thank you. Big shout outs to Mark Caleb, SoCal boy. One of my boys over there. Can't wait to see you in August uh, for knowing that. Uh, a couple people got to him before. Um, and I, my apologies here. Uh, we'll get into the delay in just a second. But uh, what it really comes down to is um, a lot of people reaching out for this one. I appreciate you all greatly reaching out for this. Mark gave me the answer I was looking for. I'm a new fan. I've been listening for about six months. I had no idea that you had another song. I didn't go back and listen to the other episodes. I went back, understood exactly why, gave me the answer in there. Talica comes on. Long way to the top, ecstasy of gold, and then here we go, here's the band. And for the longest time, you know, a lot of people didn't understand. Like, you know, you're seeing the band live, there are certain things that happen. Well, why why is this a Metallica podcast? Well, you know, why why is ACDC opening the show? Well, it's not a Metallica podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm technically not a Metallica podcast. I'm pop culture. So, here we go. Let's get into this episode 132. Today is this is the 17th of June, and as I mentioned, there was a slight delay, but only for good reasons. Let's just give a brief moment here to pause for station identification here. You are listening to the smooth sounds of Deacon himself. Thank you all, and this is the Deacon and Co. Show. Birthday episode, right? Thought it was coming a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday to the Deacon and Co. Show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trace, Trace 3. That's what the name of this episode is because this is the third year and you're welcoming in the third season of the Deacon and Co. Show. Holy shit! Deacon! 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 All right. Simmer down now. Got to get the show on the road here. Two reasons why. I'm supposed to have an episode for you guys last Saturday, uh, the 10th. My apologies. So, first thing is, is we got two champions. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We have one hour. This is how I'm going to do This is the challenge that I'm going to challenge myself to get this done in one hour. You've got three topics. Your hot take, sports update, Mets news. Mets news. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about the Mets. Met news. And then, of course, you got four Rapids. And then you got your corner of positivity. So, genius of the week. Got a couple of them for even saving some stories. Now, when trying to put together this episode, it's like, what, is, what am I going to give the audience? Promising you guys a whole episode of Geniuses of the Week. It is coming. By the end of the summer, you will have a full episode of just Geniuses of the Week. No topics, no nothing. But sometimes it's a little difficult. So, in the difficulty... How hard is it to record a podcast? Whoa, relax, Kermit. I'm looking at Kermit the Frog. He's looking at me like, how hard is it to record a podcast? It's not hard to record a podcast. But when you got guests lined up and when you got other shit going on in life, it sometimes gets in the way. But the thing is, is that if you guys notice each week that when a show comes out, it may not always be because of me and the reasoning why the show doesn't come out. I give you guys nothing but the most live updates that you could possibly get to that moment before I put the episode out. So being that it's Saturday morning, you guys are getting a live sports update, live anything that's happened over the course of the X amount of time since the last time that we spoke is going to be involved in this conversation. So bear with me on this. I apologize that there was a week off, but we're going to be back full throttle. Now things are a little different that sports are over. We got two champions and we'll talk about that in just a second. But 
the recordings, the people, they not, may not necessarily been have, or wow, may have been done a recording, but you still get my entrance to it with the live updates. So thanks for everyone that has come on and taken the time to do this and over the course of the last three years. But this one is just me and you guys. So let's get into it. Um, oh, and the other reason, sorry, how can I keep forgetting? I'm like trying to rush this. The other reason too is because I went on a horror interview. Now, a couple months back, I put an application in to be on a horror television show because nothing scares me. So they, they reached out to me and uh, the times that they wanted to do this, I had some stuff that was set up and I couldn't get the episode out to you guys. I wasn't going to release the episode on a Sunday, which I could have did, but I will keep you guys all updated on if they pick Deacon himself to be on this horror show. There's no acting. You, you can pay me whatever you want. If that shit's not real, I'm going to make the audience know. So your ratings may go up, but not because it's scary. They may go up because of me freaking out like, that's a ghost? <laughs> yeah, that type of deal. Anyway, move into it. Quick sports update here. We got Lionel Messi signing with Miami, Florida, Major League Soccer. Is this a move for Messi that we're all excited about? Well, if you're not a soccer fan um, of the MLS... I think you're going to start paying attention now with Messi there, I'll tell you that. New York, New Jersey, coming into that area, going to might be there twice a year. I think it's a good move for the MLS to get people involved with soccer. The MLS sucks, I'm going to tell you that right now. The American level, as I mentioned over the course of episodes, is not there like the international level. So this is going to be interesting, and I think Messi's going to rule and dominate like he usually does. But taking it one day at a time, I can't wait till I get to see him and report back to everybody. I've, I've only got to see him... I think maybe like one time and I don't really remember the experience only because of the fact that like it was I was so young when it when it happened and I just I guess I didn't really care as much as I do now you know one of those type of situations but nuts as I mentioned we got some champions all right and I don't want to go out on a limb here and say that there's our sports are fixed here all right see here they're fixed all right see see uh but the, the Denver Nuggets took it in five games over the Miami Heat Joker with the MVP, and of course, the Vegas Golden Knights, five games over to Florida Panthers. Um, good season? I don't know. I don't know what you, what you take from this. Rangers just signed Peter Lavalliette as their coach. Uh, listen, I, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I, too early to determine. The offseason comes. July 1st is when free agents start moving around and stuff. You got pigskins coming, but for now... Let's just enjoy the moment, give the credit to where it's due, whether it's fixed or not. But I want you to remember this, okay? In both sports, hockey and basketball, a one seed played an eight seed, and the one seed won in five games. Hmm. Hmm. Not coincidental at all. Clinching game for the cup was a 9-3 final. What the fuck is that? Baseball or hockey? My point exactly. Bad series? Okay. Did Vegas or any other team from the West have a chance to beat Florida if they got there? Absolutely. But when you take a team like Florida, who went on this run, and, and young talent and inexperience in the playoffs, they got burned out. And in this series, they looked a little burned out. The games that they won, won by miracles, I guess you want to say, scored a goal late. Um, you know, in the final seconds, taking overtime, they won the game in Florida. Good for them, though. Uh, first time winning a series, uh, first time winning a cup for Vegas, first time winning a playoff uh, Stanley Cup Finals game for Florida. That's got to count for something, right? Consolation prize. But Florida will be there again in the upcoming years. Um, I love their coach, Paul Maurice. Um, he, if anybody remembers, old Winnipeg Jets coach. Um, just huge fan of him. And uh, on the other side, Butch Cassidy or... Uh, 
Bruce Cassidy, whatever one it is, I'm not really 100% sure, but I do know his name is Cassidy and that he's a great coach. He was in the finals 2019, I believe it was, uh, when the Boston Bruins lost Game 7 at home to the St. Louis Blues. So he was on the losing side of that, but over the course of this time, he's been the Bruins coach and now uh, in Vegas and a uh, dangerous team up in years to come and hats off to you I'm going to clap for both of you um, I think Vegas deserved it I don't think Denver did and that may be a bold statement to some not going to lose a fan or uh, a listener because no one really gives a shit about the sports aspect when you're listening to the Deacon and Co. show I know that probably I could say some people do fast forward this section that's why I try to keep it as quick as possible and keep a separate aspect of things Met news, met news, met news. Well, since the time that I saw you last, I had some updates for you. We were in the, uh, well, first things first is last night we were in Sweden. Not going to provide that set list for you until next week so I can give you both at the same time. But we did have the um, the download festival, which was very cool. On night one, starting with Creep, Creeping Death, uh, Harvester of Sorrow, Leper Messiah, King Nothing, Lux Eterna, Screaming, Suicide, Fade to Black, Sleep, Walk my life away. Orion, nothing else matters. Sad but true. Day that never comes. Blackened fuel. Search and seek and destroy. And then Mastar. Mastar. Uh, second show in the Download Festival, which had a really, really cool graphic. It was like a demon devil on some type of like race car uh, type of deal looking kind of thing. So starting us off in this one, this is where it differs, right? Again, they told you that it's going to be a different show every single time. May only be one or two differences in the show. In this particular show, your difference comes right off the bat. We have not heard Whiplash open up this uh, tour thus far. And the people of the UK got to hear Whiplash, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ride the Lightnings, uh, Until It Sleeps, 72 Seasons, If Darkness Had a Sun, Welcome Home Sanitarium, You Must Burn, Call of the Cthulhu, The Unforgiven, Wherever I May Roam, Moth in the Flame, Cannot Stop the Bat, All right. Whiskey in a Jar 1, and then... Enter Sandman. I, I mean, I'm excited. You know, for anybody to hear any of those set, set lists, all right, yet alone, <laughs> just one of those. <laughs> uh, both of those would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't really know as far as you would say, um, you know, where you, where you go with this as a fan. Um, is there going to be some surprises in the United States? Yeah, there is. Otherwise, why are they telling you, like, to come here, okay? You know? So, it is what it is. Uh, two other notes I wanted to bring up. Monty Williams, uh, to the Pistons, all right? And Frank Vogel to the Suns. I know I had mentioned that last episode, but it's a big deal because these guys are getting some pretty big contracts that aren't guaranteed money. So, when I got to look into this, it was not guaranteed money it was only based upon what you do i mean they're not players they're coaches so now with the movement of the coaches sure i can i can get it um bringing us down in here man i got a couple of stories here too and i want this is this is more of an episode for me for you guys um note crash bandicoot coming out on tuesday crash uh i think it's royal royal uh, crash rumbles i don't know so it's going to be good. Give you guys an update on that next week. And uh, next week's going to be fun. Got some fun guests coming on. We're going to chat with the doctor. And, of course, new guest that has been a long time coming on the Deacon & Co. show coming up in the next couple of weeks. That being said, let's get right into our hot take. So many people have asked me over the years, so many people continuously ask me on a daily basis, if the Chargers and the Eagles play in the Super Bowl, 
Who do you root for? Well, I'll tell you what I do. I don't go to the game. I sell the tickets. I make a shitload of money, and I don't watch the game at home. For the ultimate football fan, how do you watch that game knowing that one of your teams, one of your hearts, is going to be dragged on the floor, but bittersweet at the same time? There's not many people out there, all right? So you got these fans like, oh, yeah, I'm a Chiefs fan and an Eagles fan. Like, no, you're not. Stop your fucking bullshit. It's either you're a fan of one or you're a fan of the other. I'm the rare case where I have one team that is in the, in the National Conference and one team in the American Conference, and neither one of those teams are the New York Jets or the New York Giants. But if you are a fan of the New York Jets and New York Giants, I completely understand why you have two teams. Believe me, I completely understand it. So that may be a cop-out answer to both, to everybody there, but this is one that's been had on there for a while, all right? Philly Philly, uh, or the Bolts. Um, I'm not giving you an answer. I like them both equally. Um, I bleed both for them. I, I've got people that can come on and attest for this that have invited me to go to games where I'm telling them, no, I can't go because I won't miss one to go to the other. Yeah, that type of love for both of these teams. So there's your answer, all right? Topic number one. Let's get right into it, man, because I'm excited about this one, all right? This one was a little tough, all right? I gave a top five on all of these because, like I said, I have to turn around and I and I have to... Um I have to basically get this done in a certain time frame of, of preparing myself for the next adventure. So for me to get, to go on and not give you guys what you're looking for and do this in a longer three-hour period is not really, like, my ideal situation here. So something that we've never talked about, the top five fastest Metallica songs of all time. And I have a list here. Uh, and, oh, of course you do, Deacon. Well, what's the point of giving you a top five list if I don't have a list to compare it to, right? All right. So... On this list here, all right, and this is by uh, Hammer, pretty good source of uh, metal news and whatnot. So we got number 10, um, at Hardwired. And, and on these two particular ones that I have, I, I gave two, um, you know, I gave a top eight on this one here, and then I gave a, uh, a top five and then a top six for the final two topics. So, um, yeah, this one's, this one's tough. Um, I only agreed with a few of these, and, and they're going by, like, uh, beats per minute. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not really, that's not really what I'm going for. I'm, I'm going for, like, what you hear when you listen to it, okay? So, first, they start off with Hardwired at number 10, um, 178 beats per minute. Go on to Rebel of Babylon, 182, um, beats per minute. Never heard of the Rebel of Babylon? That's okay. Neither has most, neither have most Metallica fans. This comes off of the E, Beyond Magnetic EP, and this song has only been played live once, and uh, who knows if we're ever going to hear this song again. But yeah, uh, very fast, obviously. Number eight, very shocker to a lot of people here. Saint Anger, 186 beats per minute. Then we go into number seven is Blackened, 190 beats per minute. Number six, Dyer's Eve, 194 per minute. Number five, My Apocalypse, off of Death Magnetic. 196 beats per minute. Now we start getting into some of the good stuff here, right? Number four, The Four Horsemen, 204 beats per minute. Number three, Fuel, at 208 beats per minute. And then we have a tie for number one with, believe it or not, Metallica's fastest song is All Within My Hands, 212 uh, beats per minute. And then, of course, The Juggernaud, known from 1986 as Mastardo of Puppets, 212. So there's a tie there. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't have a lot of those songs on. I think I might have three, let me see, hang on, four, four. So my list is, agrees half. So let's get on to my list here with number eight and Dyer's Eve. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Dyer's Eve is, is, is heavy. Why do, I think I, why do you think I keep saying it every time? Like, oh, I hope we hear Dyer's Eve or they only play it this way. It's heavy. It's loud. It's fast. When you hear it, it's thrash fucking metal in your face. That's really how it is. Number seven. Blackened! <laughs> how is Blackened not? Do you ever hear Blackened live? Blackened is so fast. Even if you haven't heard it live, just listen to it on the album. It's the opening track off of Injustice for All. What a way to start it. Has to be on this list. Number six. Hardwired to self-destruct. When I first heard this, I was like, wow, this is an opener. This is a quick three-minute. Like, do you feel... Hope Ascending, do you comprehend? Do you feel intimidating in the end? Well, after listening to something so fast, maybe you should. Number five, Welcome Home Sanitarium. Right after with Mutiny in the Air, it gets really fucking heavy. Number four, The Four Horsemen. And that was the last one that I agreed with on this list. Now, The Four Horsemen, Dave Mustaine on there, whatever you want to call it, that song is heavy, that song is fast, and it's time. Taking its toll on you. Yeah, there is absolutely nothing you can do. All right, now, track number three here, all right? I mean, just, I don't have to say much more than just listen to the opening fucking riff. to flame yeah that song is heavy and especially hearing it loud uh live and just thrash metal um not an earlier song came from the 10th studio album hardwired to self-destruct and uh yeah it's become a fan favorite and i'm gonna assure you that you will most likely hear that uh being represented from album number 10 at every show unless of course you go to these uh you know double shows then you don't know what to expect um but not a lot from that album number two on my list is just a classic that was forgotten about on that list i don't you know sometimes the people make these lists and they go by what's the fastest per minute and then people don't even get to hear these songs because they don't get played live but i can assure you that you will hear this song live at most concerts if not all number two on the list were metallica's fastest songs of all time self-titled 1984 track number two ride the lightning
guilty as charged, and no, it ain't right to someone else controlling me. Death in the air, strapped in the electric chair. This can't be happening to me. Certainly can't. Ride the lightning super, super, super fast. And that leaves us now to one here. What is the number one fastest song that Metallica has? I mean, for me, it's, it's very cut clear in my eyes when I listen to it every fucking day and every time that I hear it live. Oh, wait, I have not heard it live yet. But the number one fastest song to me for Metallica is the closer off of Master of Puppets, 1986, track number eight, Damage Incorporated. <laughs> Um, that is absolutely scary and frightening. Like, we, we'll chew and spit you out. We laugh, you scream and shout. <laughs> and then, Damage Incorporated. Go! Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, that's why I want to hear it live. I don't know if I could bang my head that fast to how fast that fucking song goes. But hopefully uh, a couple months, and uh, we are a couple months away, less than a couple months away, uh, that I'll be able to hear that. So that concludes my list for topic number one. Top five Metallica fastest songs of all time. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Encore. Encore. I got them. Two more for you. Don't worry. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. Topic number two here I wanted to talk about over the course of the last, you know, X amount of years, how many people have really begun to love and appreciate game shows. They have their own network and whatnot, and who doesn't love a game show? So being that, you know, I was talking about, um, and, and this was way before this even happened last week, that this show was written up. The shows are written up in advance of what I'm going to talk about on what each episode and given out to either the guest or myself to prepare, research, whatever you want to call it. So I got the top five game show hosts of all time. And um, the list, the list is very, the list is very, <laughs> the, the, my list is a lot different, obviously, and it's going to be a lot different. There's going to be a lot of different comparisons on there, but maybe I would say one or two that may be on my list that might share, um, but top 10 game show hosts of all time. You got Pat Sajak going to retire soon, just recently lost Alec Trebek a couple years back. Um, yeah, what makes a good game show host, you know? What, what, um, you know, what, what turns around and gives these guys, um, you know, um, you know, the power is only the fans, you know what I mean? So I'm going to give, I'm going to give here, um, you know, the top 10 here. All right. And this is ranked from various sources across the web.com. Check it out. They basically are kind of like an Expedia where they turn around and they combine everything for you. But they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. All right, so starting off here, we have Wayne Brady, number 10. Number 9 goes to Chuck Woolery. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to sound like a dick here or spot my age, but I have no idea who Chuck Woolery is, and that's very weird for someone like me to say that. Uh, number 8, Richard Dawson. Number 7, Bob Eubanks. Number 6, Drew Carey. You can see how the speed of me reading these up indicate that none of these are on my fucking list. <laughs> uh, 
Regis Philbin at number five. Steve Harvey at number four. Number three goes to Pat Sajak. Number two belongs to Bob Barker. But number one spot held by Alex Trebek. Well, Alex Trebek was such a great host, was he? But, like, I think he was more knowledgeable than he was a host. I don't think he really... I mean, to be a host of Jeopardy, I don't really think that it's that hard. I think maybe you have to know what you're kind of talking about, I guess. I, I don't really know as far as that aspect of things, all right? So, we'll get to chat about this in a second, all right? And, uh... I thought about this one here, and I'm just giving you guys my my top five. Like I said, uh, number five here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some names out here. I'm gonna see who, and this is this is the way I feel that this is my top five list. By no means is this the way that it should be. Um, all right, but my number one is on the top twenty-five list. Um, I don't think I have anybody else on there except for Alex Trebek. So let's let's get into this here. So number five here of the uh, Deacon most, I guess favorite uh, game show host of all time. Number five belongs to David Ruprick. Supermarket Sweep. Now, in a game show, I guess you could have used people like Guy Fieri and all these, you know, you could have went there, but I didn't go there. I was mixing the classics of the shit that I grew up with and whatnot. David Ruprick. We're going once, going twice. Supermarket Sweep. Think of all the fun you can have on Supermarket Sweep! Watch this shit every night as a kid. I love that shit. They re made the remake Hurt my feelings, man. Hurt my feelings when they changed it up. But number four, see if you guys know this one. Phil Moore. Well, Phil Moore is from Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade is a show uh, from the early 90s or late 80s on Nickelodeon, uh, MTV as well, so of where it's probably about, I want to say like 100 episodes of where kids compete in video game trivia, um, they play different various types of uh, arcade stand-up games along with being asked trivia questions that may result in or uh, be a direct result of what has going on in that time frame or whatever you want to call it. But Fillmore um, also was on a show called Wild and Crazy Kids, which also aired on Nickelodeon as well. But he is more known for me for Nick Arcade. Number three belongs to Alec Trebek on my list, all right? And... Um, Jeopardy, or one of those shows, how, how often does a Metallica question come across Jeopardy? Probably once every four years or five years, but it was cool. Um, Alex Trebek was a good dude and definitely a great host. Uh, did a lot for charity, and so does Pat Sajak, and that's why I wanted to take this time to you know recognize that and make these lists for everybody. So, number two and number one here. Who, who are on this list? You know, Is, is it going to be Bob Barker? Is the price is right? I mean, Price is Right, too. You have two guys on the top ten that are in the Price is Right. You have two guys from Family Feud with Steve Harvey and Richard Dawson. Where's it going to go with this? Well, let me tell you. I don't like uh, um, Carrie. I don't think he's funny at all. I think he's just fucking annoying, to be honest with you. And I'm glad that he's on during the day on <laughs> The Price is Right. When Bob Barker retired, I stopped watching The Price is Right. I'd rather watch the reruns because Bob Barker was just funny to me. Is he number two? No. Number two belongs to a man who, in a movie... He really captivated me and got me away. Now, he's no longer with us, but number two belongs to the original. The original Don Dada. Richard Dawson. Uh, running man, Killian. Like, when he played Killian, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back and goes, you know, I'm coming back for you, Killian. And, and that, at that point, he just fucking shit his pants. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Jimmy Brown pass away. And in that movie, and Fireball and Gizmo. And it's just the running man. I love that shit. I'm not a sci-fi guy. 
not a real big Arnold fan, but like some of those movies that he had, like Predator and The Running Man, they were really, really good movies. And I watch The Running Man probably once every couple of months, and it just cracks me up because it's like, hey, Christmas tree! <laughs> Talking to, you know, Gizmo and the opera singer. It was, it was, anyway, if you haven't seen The Running Man, you're living under a fucking rock. Uh, get the Arnold Schwarzenegger version, all right? That leaves us with number one on this list for me. My number one favorite game show host of all time is Mark Summers. What would you do? Family Double Dare, still out there doing it. Mark Summers is just a really, really nice guy. I met Mark Summers when I was a kid. That's not the reason why he's number one, but he's just really, he, he's, he just cracks me up and just a really, really nice guy. I made a comment to you guys last uh, episode, but I didn't get to finish because I was all over the place with getting everything done and time frame and everything. But I, I was saying that, like, I feel like this is my therapy session as well. So the weeks that I don't get a chance to speak with you guys and stuff, they're not good weeks. So it has been a rough week. So hopefully that is to change. You you know, and this is my therapy to get this out, my feelings and stuff like that. Once again, all listeners, thank you, new or old, appreciate you greatly. All right. Now, this one is something that I've done before when it comes to basketball. I don't think I've done. I've talked about this many, many times on the show, and this is going to bring us into topic three because I, I have a couple of uh, genius of the weeks there, believe me. Um, so the scenario that we have here with top, Five, and this is my top six um, championships of all time, of, of the way that I rank them in my personal collection, okay? Not that I own a Lombardi trophy or anything like that, but, you know, just, just getting that, you know, um, these, are my, these are my favorites, these are my best championships of all time, that I think these are the best ones that, that I have ever watched. In my opinion, these are my favorites, whatever you want to call it. Now, I gave you guys a list. I'm not going into giving you guys a list of the top championships of all time because probably only one of them will apply to me, maybe two with the with the situation, at, you know, uh, a couple of years back or now five years back. So we'll get right into this now. Number six here is on the on the my favorite championship list of all time here is Kobe's first without Shaq in 2009 versus the Magic in five games. You know, you turn around and all these times everybody was hating on Kobe, saying, oh, yeah, he can't win one without Shaq, can't win one. Well, let me bring it to you, all right? Um, he actually won two without Shaq, okay? How are you going to say somebody like Kobe Bryant was not eligible or able to win a championship or he didn't have what it took when it was the Mamba mentality every single day of waking up and putting in the effort and doing everything it took just to become that next elite level all-star? And he did it. It was Kobe Bryant. Number five for me has to be on this list. It does not involve my teams, but it involves the greatest Super Bowl I ever watched in my life. And that was Brady's comeback. Nobody comes back down 28 points at halftime or 28-3, 28-0, whatever the fuck it was versus Atlanta. Nobody comes back and does that unless your name's Tom Brady. All right? Um, in the Super Bowl, especially, you know, there's been other guys that have made comebacks, including last year I've had a 28-0 lead squandered, disappointed in the charges of I've blown a game. That's a game at home where the Jacksonville Jaguars were expected to win that game and they were at home. Tom Brady is on a neutral site, okay, and uh, was not home, was not supportive of the crowd. I mean, it was half the crowd there was Patriot fans, but Brady's comeback, that's number five on my list. Number four, 1984, Magic Johnson over Larry Bird, 4-2, to and just the start of what would be a great rivalry that saved basketball in the 1980s, Magic Johnson. 
Number three, Jordan's last dance versus Utah. All right, everybody argues of what Jordan team was the best or whatnot. You could talk about the team that won all those games. You could talk about the you know the uh, the team that defeated Charles Barkley's team. You know, it doesn't matter. Whatever team it was, Michael Jordan took these players to an elevation and. Just what he did that whole season coming in, you know, they knew, like, all right, this is going to be Jordan's last dance. Here we go. Carl Malone, back-to-back -back years, playing the Jazz. Yeah, they, they were a good team. Carl Malone ended his career as a Laker. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> Jordan's last dance versus Utah, beating Utah in seven games on the road in Utah for that game seven, number three. Number two here, and we're getting down to it, all right? Number two here, Kobe Bryant's first championship Versus the 2000 Indiana Pacers. And we got a boy coming up from Indiana in a couple of weeks. going to chat with us. He is not a Pacers fan. I can tell you that right now. But he is a Metallica fan. And that's going to be fun. Uh, but the situation here, Kobe's first versus the Pacers. Uh, all these years, especially watching the documentaries of all the years of how at the end of Michael's career that it was Reggie uh, who was trying to be, you know, and, and playing him in tough games and they had it's to get game seven that they had and it almost it almost was the Pacers playing in that, uh, you know, in that NBA Finals versus the Jazz. But um, yeah, Kobe dismantled them. Shaq, Kobe, and the boys started the three-peat. Last team to ever three-peat. Los Angeles Lakers. This is the start 2000, 2001, and 2002. Number one on this list, little drum roll. Thank you. Eagles first Super Bowl versus Tom Brady. You're going to beat somebody in the Super Bowl. I want it to be Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady to walk off that field crying for his dominance that he's had over the 22 or 23 year career that he had that he just dominated the NFL. Uh, much respect and much love to Brady. A lot of Brady fans, including myself, I'm a Brady fan. But when my team beats you, all right, and the only thing I ever ask for, right, I ask for cool things sometimes, you know, if I see something, I'd love to get it myself. But I've been searching. If I could find a picture, and I've got to find Eagle fans, all right, this is directed only toward Eagle fans, all right? If you got a picture of Tom Brady on the ground with his helmet down, pulled down, and crying from that strip sack Brandon Graham had to secure the victory in Super Bowl 52. Please. Do you get to go show at gmail.com? Let me know because I want that picture on my wall. I want it blown up as a canvas. And that was my ultimate respect of just seeing the Eagles and Brady on the ground crying. And that was it. Now, don't, 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 you know, Patriot fans, Brady fans, don't be upset. I just said I'm a Brady fan, but I'm a fucking fan of a team that beat him in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, great in every Super Bowl. Just don't play the NFC East. You're 0 2 versus the Giants. You're 0 1 or 1 and 1 versus the Birds, rather. Sorry. Almost said he was 0 2. Shit, because we were robbed of that game, too. Anyway, no, we're not going down that rabbit hole. That's not how it's working, Deacon. That's not how we are doing it. <laughs> Genius of the Week bringing us down here. Look at this. Isn't this fun? Like, we're getting things done. We're getting a nice pace show going. We're getting a lot of things done thus far. Yes, more shows got to be like this. Genius of the week here. So the genius of the week here that I have on the paper is one that I'm going to give you. I also had a couple of things. I was in a laundromat and somebody came up to me and they were like, uh, you know, again, all these stuff, again, everyone's like, oh yeah, the story is about the drow. Come down, all right, and I will assure you that something will happen the day that you are there. It always does. It just never, never fucking fails. It really, really never does. So the gentleman walks up and, he, and it was only me and him in there and he, and he looks at me and he goes, um... You mind if I play some music? And I'm like, uh, yeah, go for it, dude. I got like maybe half a basket of clothes left. I was like, go for it, dude. Only us two in there at 6.30 in the morning. He's like, I'm a little tired today. 
He goes, I didn't get a chance to get caught because I, I they closed on me last night. Oh, I don't know this guy from a hole in a wall. You're telling me your whole fucking life story. I don't care. Get to the point. You mind if I play some metal? Absolutely. Play some fucking metal. Guy puts on Fallout Boy. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. I looked at the guy and I go, all right, just let me know when you're ready to turn on the metal. <laughs> Fallout Boy. Gotta love it. One Jesus in a week. Next one is Amazon. Now, I'm not at liberty to give who the seller is, okay? But if you go on there and you put two and two together, I'm sure you can figure out. So I ordered some bucket hats uh, for me and my two nephews. Like Maybe like six bucks for the bucket hats. And they didn't have them on Metallica.com. So what we had to do was we had to take the M logo and then we had to have it printed on the front of the bucket hat. It's a dollar to do that or whatever it was. Now, who's going to question, like, when they see a hat? I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, that Metallica hat is fake. Or I'm going to say, where did you get it from? I'm going to tell them the truth. I made it custom made. It may not be real to you, but it keeps my head from getting sunburned. So that's the main thing. And it's stylistic, right? So I turn around and I go online. And I'm looking at hats and stuff or whatever. And I find this fucking hat that's got a whole bunch of, like, I guess, images onto the hat of fried chicken. Now, I kid you not. Like, drums, breasts, like, all kinds of fried chicken, right? So I was going to make a joke, and I was going to send this to somebody, and I was going to put on the front of it, I was going to put pork chop. Yes, like pork chop. Like a piece of meat that you just put on your fucking hat. The seller reached out to me and said, I cannot do that because it's a racist thing. How is it racist to, to call somebody a pork chop? Hey, you're a fucking fat pork chop or you're a pork chop, bro. Chill out. How is that racist? How? They told me I was racist and they weren't eligible to sell to me. <laughs> Deacon at kosher with gmail.com. Please, please, please let me know if that is racist or not. I thought it was the funniest thing, but I didn't see it was racist. By the way, I wanted to bring something up. I guess now is an appropriate time to do so. Uh, please follow me on the majors of social, Deacon and Co. Show, Instagram and Twitter. For anybody who is looking for me on my personal page, I deleted my personal page. I posted something uh, in March, a really nice thing about uh, Nay and some other things, uh, and somebody reported me. I'm on private, so somebody who was one of my followers reported me. And I don't need you following me if you're going to report me. I didn't write anything bad. I didn't put anything bad. They just decided to flag my post. And at that moment on, I got really pissed off on Instagram. They never put my post back on. And I deleted my personal account. So if you need to get me on Instagram, Deacon and Co. Show. Because that's where I'm at now. So I was always there. But now I'm more attentive to it. So, last story here. And it just so happened that I ran into this genius, okay? And, and, and please, tell me, if these guys aren't qualified as geniuses of the week, then you tell me who you got as a genius of the week, all right? TeakinandCoShowGmail.com. See what I did there? So now, the genius of the week here. There's somebody in 7-Eleven who's turning around and they're being trained. And it was, I guess it was like on a Saturday, uh, you know, where they turn around and they, you know, might have been a little busy or whatnot. So the person was... Um, a little weird, a little out there, kind of like a geek nerd type of situation. So I go in there, um, I get um, Slurpee, um, huge Slurpee fan. Um, and, and the crazy guy is, the crazy thing is, crazy guy, crazy thing is that 
in the past couple of months, uh, probably like two or three weeks, I cut out drinking most of my sugar. So, like, for me to have a Slurpee, it's like now once every four days, once every three days, because of the fact that, you know, I'm trying to watch my sugar and stuff like that. Got a good clean bill of health from the doctor a couple months ago. I don't know how the fuck. That guy should be genius of the week. But um, everything is okay. And basically, I've been really just trying to lose weight trying to uh, watch my sugar levels, watch the diabetes and whatnot as well. So I turn around and I go in and I'm waiting for my Slurpee. You know, I'm getting my Slurpee. You make it yourself. You don't wait for Slurpee. It's McDonald's or Sonic or something, right? So um, I go in there and I basically uh, go up to type in my stuff and I go to pay for my card. And I was like, everything good? And then the, I guess I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, but it, it, she, I'm going to say it was a she. So she turns around and says... Yeah, you're all good. You're all good. So now my back is turned. I'm putting all my stuff in because I got a water. I got like um, some healthy antioxidant um, trail mix and the Slurpee. So I'm putting it in, putting my wallet back into my bag. All of a sudden, somebody comes and just starts fucking banging on the window. Like I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! I jumped up. As I jumped up, I scared her. She jumped up, and she goes, uh, "Yeah, your card was declined." What the fuck? My card wasn't declined. So I go over. And the guy tells me, here, put it in this one. So I go to put it in the machine that was lower um, than the higher one. And they were like, oh, yeah, we've been having this problem all day. I go, I know you're a new employee here, okay? But you see that one? There's a very big d difference of that one and this one. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little higher or whatever. I'm like, no, this. And I pulled out the back. Like, didn't pull it out, but I pulled it around so they could see. And sure enough, the plug was unplugged to the register. No wonder you're having a fucking problem. The thing's not even plugged in, you fucking idiot. So it nearly scared me half to death for fucking $5.14. Thought I was going to fucking rob it. And then they turned around and like, can you bring your stuff back in? I'm like, for what? I'm going to pay for it. Why do I got to bring it back in? So they made me lug the shit back in. I paid for it. And I was like, when I saw them again, this individual, this chick, I saw her a couple days ago. I said to her, I said, hey, how are you? She's like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm like, um, no card today. I'm paying cash. And then as she doesn't get the joke, and then as I leave, she's like, oh, yeah, sorry, man. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> well, I told her, make sure on Saturday you go on Spotify or even in Google and type in Deacon and Kosho. You are going to be our genius of the week. There you go. 7-Eleven girl who has a problem with the pin pad that's not hooked up. You are classified as a genius of the week. So are the other two. But a big episode, birthday episode, Trace, Trace, Dre. And then... Gotta have three geniuses in a week, I guess. All right, let's do it. Bringing us down into Rapitos. Master of Puppets did not exist. What would be your favorite song? Uh, wow, easy. Fucking Ride the Lightning. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it, most people would think that answer's coming. One, as great as one is, one is Metallica's second best song. One for me is like three, four, five. So many better songs, in my opinion, out there than one because of the meaning behind the song. But one is very powerful, and it is Metallica's second best song. I'm not going to argue with that. But on my list, if there was no Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. One rebuild for your teams that hurts the most. Well, right now, I think it's going to be the Rangers breaking up this team. And um, I think the Lakers are in problems, too, with what's going to happen in the upcoming future. But that is only time will tell, as you can see. All right. Rapid number three. Most exciting part of hosting a show. Um, the ratings. Um, <laughs> you guys are doing this. Thank you so much. It, it, what's the point of having six people listen to your show and coming out every week? 
when you get the ratings and you get the numbers every month and you watch that and you listen to how many people are there after supporting you and how much you mean to or how many people mean this much to you and how much you mean to other people it really is such a warm feeling and um from the heart i love you all and i can't thank you enough so excited about the new tour coming up everybody coming and, and i just want to say something and i got episodes upcoming where i've mentioned this in here before if you guys everybody cannot make a show don't feel upset life comes in a way just be honest don't string me along or string anybody else along because I've had people come on here and tell me that people have been like, oh yeah, I'm going here, I'm doing this and doing this, and when it comes down to it, you're not doing anything. It doesn't make you a fan. I've said it many, many times. It doesn't make you a fan if you turn around and you go to 100 shows or you go to one show. It doesn't make you a difference of a fan, all right? And uh, that's really truthfully how I feel. And to be honest with you, a lot of things with this tour particularly are holding up my life. And uh, my love for the band and appreciation for the band um, and the people that I live with and love and understand the passion and deal with this bullshit on a regular daily basis. Um, yeah, they understand and they get it and how big of a deal this is. But I would be honest with you, there's no possible way that I, you know, this is holding me up. So we're looking in closing into buying a house or doing the next moves or then I can't do a fucking thing until I get back from tour. I'm not going to buy a house and leave the house for a whole month. Yeah, so not going to happen there. So I'm grateful for everything, um, you know, that this band has brought to me, including friendships, the podcast and everything. But the most exciting part of hosting a podcast is to see the views and the listens and the feedback. And I've had negative feedback. I've had feedback of people cursing me out and all this stuff or whatnot. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I love. But yet I'm still here doing it three years strong. Happy birthday to the Deacon and Kosha. Thank you all so much. By the way, in the time that we've missed, we've had re, uh, hang on, Reload and St. Anger also celebrating birthdays. No St. Anger yet on this tour. So, let's hear some St. Anger. But happy birthday to both of those wonderful albums as well. Rapid number four here, last one of the day. And look at this. Miracle timing. Look at this. Holy shit. Which one of your four teams wins the championship first? Now, this seems like a repeat um, question, but at this point, currently, I thought it would be the Rangers. Then with the run, I thought it was going to be the Lakers. But before anything else, like I said last year, it was going to be the Eagles, and we had our chance. Um, at this point, I still think it's the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. I think a lot of moves that were made during the reconstruction process of the San Francisco 49ers puts the Eagles in the driver's seat of being the best team in the national conference. So we'll see, we shall see what happens from there. Corner of positivity. Here's a good one for you. Tom Cochran, not Rascal Flats. Life is a highway. It sure is. And in two months, I'm going to find that out because I hit the road. But life is a highway. I'm going to ride it all night long. Absolutely. Um, when it comes down to life, you take chances. You take chances on the things that you want to do. You know, I can't understand the people that do the same thing every year. Like, for instance, I have about 10 or 15 people, including my son, who go, they go to the same fucking vacation spot every single year. For what? What purpose? Like... I know it's I know it's one of those situations where like oh you like it or whatever like maybe once every five years you go there but how are you going to explore the world how are you going to get out there and meet new people and do, maybe you don't want to I guess go to the same fucking place then I don't know but I'm saying life is a highway ride it all night long get to your destinations get to see the fucking show on this tour do something out of the ordinary this summer because in a few days well not really so much a few days well yeah actually in a few days in, in what three days four days we got summer um, doesn't feel like summer. Uh, to anybody, really, in my opinion, doesn't feel like summer. To me, it hasn't hit yet. It's the middle of June, and I've still got days where I'm walking outside with a fucking uh, fleece and a hoodie on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts. 
wildfires. I wish all my Canadian family and brothers up there that everyone is okay from the, the shit that happened a few weeks back with the, the burning of the trees and everybody else along the eastern seaboard. I hope you guys are all okay. It affected New York greatly. It affected Long Island greatly. There was cancellations. There was, I mean, skies like we just saw the basic, uh, you know, apocalypse and, and, you know, the nuclear bomb. It was that yellow type of feeling in the sky and it wasn't good. It was very grim and I'm sure a lot of people got sick from breathing that shit in. The funny thing about that is, is that even as a, you know, smoker, it, it really bothered me to stay out there because, you know, staying out there for an eight hour day was like the equivalent of smoking eight cigarettes. No, it's really not. That shit is a lot worse for you than cigarettes, I think, especially when people can't breathe and they're, <laughs> yeah, like that type of deal. Anyway, so moving forward, that was the show for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. I thought it was good myself. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I listened to it as you did. It's one recording. That's it. What do you think? We edit on this show? We're long past edits. <laughs> Something gets fucked up, Decoholics. You're going to have to call me out on it. DeaconandCoachShow at gmail.com. Follow me on the majors of social. Show Instagram and Twitter. And as we lie ahead of tomorrow for Father's Day, a very difficult day for myself. Um, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. NBA Finals over, NHL over, uh, football's on the way. The only thing you got left is baseball. You got to get the baseball boy on here to start chatting on baseball with you guys because I can only help you to a certain extent. But that being said, thank you all once again. This was episode 132. But for now, happy Father's Day once again. Deacon is out. <laughs>